0: Welcome to the Bring It Home podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kinzara. Here we focus on your life, your story, your purpose. Welcome to the Bring It Home podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kinzara. Great to be with you as always. Here's the deal. All we do in this podcast is hear stories and find out how we can discover our own purpose in the context of our own story a lot of times in that context and within the concept of our own story we're also going to find a connection to the divine i'm so excited about this interview that you're going to get the opportunity to listen to today with brandon flannery now brandon is a fellow lake drive author uh now i put out a book called bring it home through lake drive books and brandon recently put out a book through lake drive books as well called stumbling and you'll hear it in the interview but. Man, did I love this book. And I, I'm i not just saying that because he's with my publisher. I'm not saying that because he's on the podcast. Like I genuinely, genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, enjoyed this book because it's a well-told story, and it's a story that matters. And it's a story that's worth hearing and that's worth reading about. And, I mean, that's what makes life great. That's what makes stories great is when they intersect together. like So so Brandon's story and my story are very different in many ways and very similar in other ways. In the ways they're different, I get an opportunity to learn from his story. In the ways that they're similar, I get the opportunity to connect to his story in meaningful ways. Now, before we go any further, a couple of quick things. I mentioned Bring It Home. It's a book. It's 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 my heart being poured out on pages. It's something I wanted to to do for years. If you're interested in it, please jump onto my website at mattkinzara.com or go to lakedrivebooks.com and purchase it. You can also find it on Amazon and, uh, and just allow my story to inspire your story. Just like you're going to hear Brandon's story and it's also going to inspire your story. Secondly, here's the thing. I'm so passionate about all of us living out our purpose. And I know that's, that's like a, I get, I get that that word is way overused, but at the same time, I do believe that all of us, like us being on this earth, us being on this planet, it's some cosmic, spiritual, beautiful reality that we belong here. And because we belong here, we have a meaning for our belonging. And so I'm so passionate about all of us discovering and unfolding what that could be. And so what I, what I am asking is that as we go on in this kind of new version of the podcast, the Bring It Home podcast, is that I'm asking that you consider supporting the work that I'm doing, not just in this podcast, but going all throughout the country and speaking to people as well, uh, just with the concept of kindness, compassion, compassion connection that you can consider being a part of what I call the home team. The home team are the people that support this podcast. There's already a number of people that support this mission that I'm on to help people connect with their stories and then ultimately connect with this world and even beyond that connect with the divine. And my hope is that if if this matters to you as well that you consider supporting it. Now, the way that we do this is the only option is to support it at the tune of $25 a month so that we grow this wide and shallow versus deep. And (laughs) you know what I mean? I've been involved with so many nonprofit organizations that have lost like a big whale, a big funder, and then they practically go under or they do go under. What I'm trying to do here at Bring It Home is simply grow a, a base of people who have a similar passion, who want to support this work, and I don't want to tax anybody. Uh, And so we run as a nonprofit. This runs as a nonprofit, and all I ask is that you join the home team by being a $25 a month supporter. So if you can and if you're willing to do that, just go to the website, MattKinzer.com, and you can click right on that link and figure out how to do that. But here's the thing. Again, I mentioned Brandon Flannery, incredible guy. Here's the thing. At some point in the podcast and in his book, he talks about having to redefine his life. And I want to push back on that a little bit because we're all going to have moments in our lives when we feel like we have to start again or we have to redefine what we're doing. But the reality is that's just a part of our story. Absolutely, there's times when we have to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and start again, or at least it feels like that. But in the grand picture of things, it's just a continuation of the story that started the day we were born on this earth. So if you have a heart for people, if you have a heart for the LGBTQ plus community, if you have a heart for spirituality, you are going to absolutely love this interview. So I'm going to stop talking. So well, I'm going to stop talking in the intro. You're going to hear me talking plenty, <laughs> but uh, please enjoy this incredible interview with Brandon flannery i'm saying flannery correct right brandon. yeah
1: brandon flannery you got yep. it
0: perfect just
1: imagine there's two ends, and then you're good
0: well brandon welcome to the podcast so great to be with you now this is coming out in September but when we're recording this is like your book literally came out today which is so spectacular that you're taking the time today to hang out with me yeah, and the absolutely. book's called uh, yeah the book's called Stumbling and I'm telling you I don't um I mean I'm, I love reading it's like my favorite thing in the world to do and there's very so I'm super picky about like when <laughs> I tell people like read this book because it's amazing because like my friends are readers too but i'm telling you everybody that's listening to this show read this book because it's it's just the i don't i mean we'll get into it and you can share a little bit more your perspective brandon but the way you tell your story is so amazing so authentic so beautiful um and i'll get into more of the reasons why i feel that as we as we go on here but why don't you start you know we're fellow lake drive book authors so why don't you just start by giving everybody like a little bit of uh, uh, Intro to who you are, so people have a, at least a glimpse. We'll get into the nitty gritty in a little while, but give people a little bit of an overview.
1: <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Matt. First off, thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm really happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was realizing there's a blue light, but I'm realizing it's from a microphone. Ju- that's my ADHD kicking in. Um, hi, my name is Brandon Flannery. I have ADHD. And beyond that, I uh, was an ex pastor. So I was a, a, a youth pastor for three years, I was a missionary for one year. Um, I like to say, drank deep of evangelicalism. I grew up at a mega church with Ted Haggard as my pastor. Focus on the family was literally two blocks away from my house. Did all those things like awanas and um, went to all the Christian concerts. Um, and my dad would do security so that we could like get to see people like Rebecca St. James. Um, and uh, I love like I, I think there's a number of different people out there that you know, um, evangelicalism has hurt us. Um, and there's a lot of reconciling. I think there's a big, um, reckoning that's currently happening. And so it definitely happened for me, but I am actually very grateful that my sexuality came to the head. So I identify as a gay man. And I think that if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have began, I wouldn't have begun questioning what I was raised with. Um, because I was really good at it. I was really good at being a good little Christian boy. And so, um, my, my, uh, Christian ego was was devouring it. And um, I was all about like self denial. So the evangelicals love that too. Probably something to do with like denying my sexuality. But um, long story short, now I am a writer. Uh, I am no longer in full time ministry. Um, I identify as uh, a curious and optimistic seeker is probably the best way of putting where I'm at now. Um, I still do believe in God after everything, but w- the definition of that being is way up for grabs and it doesn't scare me anymore. I think that one thing uh, that evangelicalism promises is um, if you get the right, if, you'll eventually get the right answer. And I no longer believe that. I think that none of us can get it. So I think that can be really freeing if we move through that. So I'm um, to think if there's anything else. I grew up in Colorado Springs and now I live in Atlanta. Um, and I am a, now a published author with Lake drive books. So there you
0: go. Awesome. Love it. Well done. Very nice. Thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure you've got a lot of these going on these days. Um, now, uh, one of the things that I love about just the book, which again, I can't get over how much I love it. Um, is just simply that, uh, here's the thing, like I, I'm no longer interested. Like you just said right there, this idea that, you know, we're not we're not trying to find all the answers and there's a yeah. ton of freedom like the, the greatest freedom I ever felt was when I came to that same conclusion that you just mm-hmm. mentioned right there, that, um, we don't have to have all the answers and in your book, it's all about your wrestling. It's all about your story. It's uh, it's, it's very candid. You don't, you know, you don't hold back, which I appreciate That's a great storyteller, but there's this overarching feeling that like you just you refuse no matter what the hell happens to you like you refuse to on some level give up on god like you keep trying and i think so often people that i've met in this deconstruction space or whatever we want to call it so often what happens is we just create a new form of what we believe to be the truth so we just answer the questions in different ways, but yep, we're yep, still yep. being the same assholes as everybody else is. <laughs> And you come across where you're like, it's almost like you want to run away. Like you just I in I when I'm reading it, I'm sensing like Brandon just like wants to turn around, head for the hills, run away from God and never mm-hmm. come back. But there's this piece of your story that you can just feel this longing. Like through the entire mm-hmm. book, I can just feel mm-hmm. you trying to connect with divinity in some way, shape or form. And it never like it just keeps it keeps it just never goes away from the beginning of the mm-hmm. book to the end i can just feel like you're trying to take me with you on this journey to not give up and i've <laughs> man i've tried to give up so many times mm-hmm. so is am i am i catching that right are you just this guy that that is willing to to keep keep hanging in there
1: that's it's so interesting like having people read it and in, bump into what they bump into. And I think that number one, I, I would hope that with everyone that reads stumbling, they're, they're getting what they need. And I think that every person kind of is gonna, I hope that we'll bump into something that's important to them. I think any book that's well-written can do that. Like I can have totally different issues and like can be reading a fiction and it's like, Oh my God, this is hitting me in a certain way. Um, so hearing that is really cool, um, and exciting. And yeah, I, I, I would say that that's, True. I would say that there's moments um, where I have been like, um, what's our language situation? Any That's language you want to okay. add in is perfectly fine
0: with me, <laughs> okay. Brandon.
1: Okay. Where it's just like, fuck this. Like, um, it's uh, I've been hurt by this too much or this isn't working or whatever it may be. And there have been plenty of moments throughout my story where that was the case. And um, I would say that in certain parts of my story, um, I have felt, and this is why I think at the end of the book, I, I choose to, I call it whole, um, like hold back the hand of the divine. Cause I feel like mm-hmm. the divine has been grabbing hold of me and I know that's not everyone's experience. So I, 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 I get nervous about that because I think about my friend, Rachel, who I open up the, she's in the second chapter, third chapter of the book and she tried so much to engage with the divine and never found something and felt so frustrated by that. And so I'm very conscientious of that. And, um, I have felt something and maybe, and this is where I think that, um, I'm okay with having these answers where I wouldn't before it would be like, well, maybe I did make it up to make me feel good. You know, like maybe (laughs) that's it. Maybe my subconscious is really comfortable with being super creative because it helps me cope with death. It helps me cope with pain. It helps me cope with the chaos of the universe. Um, And maybe that is it, but I think that that's where there's such open hands. So because of the fact that I, when I look through my story and that was kind of my goal through the book was instead of, I also, yeah, I don't like those books where it's like, here are the five steps for how to process deconstruction. And here's the next five steps on how to move through leaving Christianity. Like those books have never caught my attention. They've never done well. I would fake reading them all growing up as a kid. I guess that was the one thing I didn't do well in evangelicalism. Um, but like a story could always teach me something that transcended explicit um, instruction and could move me in certain ways. And so rather than that, I, yeah, I wanted to share like stories of where I felt like things were falling apart and I didn't get the answers and yet felt like there was something holding on to me. And so while I would, I wish I could say, yeah, I'm a really resilient, you know, human being and i just kept holding on i would say there's lots of moments where i was like no that's not the case but then i bumped into um the divine in some way shape or form um,
0: so maybe, maybe that's what i'm trying to say maybe it's less that because because there's definitely <laughs> it's definitely obvious that you're willing to give up at you know God yeah. God. that <laughs> like that that comes through loud and clear but maybe that's more what it is like there mm. also were moments where you're willing to I don't know, keep trying to bump into God or when you would bump into the divine on some level, you didn't, um, you didn't shy away from it. Like you allowed Mm -hmm. yourself to in the midst of however, you know, all the hurt that you went through at the hands of evangelicalism Mm -hmm. or the name of God or whatever, when you would bump into the divine, you would cherish it. You would allow yourself to do that. And I think one of my favorite parts, there's so many good parts of the book, but there's this part where ah, uh, it's just it's so there's so we could talk about this for the whole podcast you go back to the church that mm-hmm. like did so much harm <laughs> to you and you describe it at one point like you're describing it like i'm just trying to find like i'm just drawn back here because i'm trying to connect with god and i'm going back to my abuser like mm-hmm. and both of those were true in the moment that you did that. And, and I just can't imagine like even the emotion that hmm. was happening in the midst of that story. Well, it's interesting. Cause I think I'm
1: going to, I haven't decided which chapter I'm going to be reading at my book event next week, but I think that is going to be the one because I think it distills like this push and pull of like, God, I want there to be something and I want the miracles to happen. And I want like, there to be beauty and truth and desire, like all these things that the church offers. And yet I've continually felt like I, I um, get conned is. And so there's this apprehensive hope. Um Yeah. Like when I would go back, but um, I think the the chapter you're referring to is I just call it the church and it was the church yep. I used to work at. And, um, and it, it has a very agey flavor, even though it's non-denominational. And like, so speaking in tongues and like going to the altar and like very um, emotional worship um, was very common. And it was just so interesting because I used to get so caught up in it and I'm returning and I am. I'm, I'm quite cynic on the outside, yet still wanting it. And um, I, I do think that like what's interesting now, though, is like I think that back then I would have said, oh, these people have the answer. I have to try to make this work. And there was a shift, and I talk about this um, with some people like on social media uh, a ton because I've noticed I live in Colorado, I used to live in Colorado Springs, which is very evangelical. And I would notice I would get very reactive to people. And I, I now have like come to terms with the fact of like I call it the X phase. Like you've got to be angry for a bit once you realize you've been harmed. Like it's your body taking care of you. You need distance, you need these things. Um, and I just kept being reactive. And one of the reasons I moved to Atlanta was to get space. So I'm not like got this emotional, emotional bruise. That I'm always bumping into and becoming reactive, but it's been interesting because as I've gotten space and as I've come to terms with, man, no one has the answer. Cause if they did, I don't think there'd be thousands of Protestant denominations. There wouldn't be like, like hundreds of other religions across the world, thousands. If we're looking back in time as well, like we would, some would have gotten the answer. Right. And I also think that if we believe that Jesus has some, potency uh and if jesus is the as the bible said, incarnation of truth it's interesting because he never gives answers he asks questions and he tells stories and so i think that if we needed to get the right answers i think we'd be screwed <laughs> but yeah. um uh so like what what it, i can come to terms with now is i can say my experience in evangelicalism i now can say that it was both it was both there was beauty in it Mm -hmm. and there was harm in it and i know people that like cannot accept the beauty right now and that's totally fair and fine and maybe you'll never get there and that's totally fine maybe you had an experience that was so horrible that you can't let there be that beauty there and maybe there wasn't but i know for me it took a while to reconcile like uh i did bump into something or i choose to believe i bumped into something and um there was harm done here and you know like uh, I will say that there is something to me that's very curious and I always been that way. so like I go to I have a friend in Atlanta where he's like, hey, do you want to check out this like Hindu temple that I found I'm like, sure that sounds great like one that would scare me as an evangelical before of, like I don't want to open myself up to demons or whatever um, and now or you know I can sit down and talk with some of my best friends are atheists and like what they how they love people in this earth so um, selflessly because they don't have this, reward of heaven that's looming behind them to do motivate them to do what they're doing. Um, or like I'm, I've started checking out a Quaker meeting, which is just like, so nice kids, just so open and there's no leader. So I will say that I, I do think that I may, uh, pff, fatal seeker in the sense of I'm very
0: curious and it doesn't always suck
1: me back, which is then both has yeah. caused me harm and also made me experience some beautiful things. So,
0: yeah, I, I live life where, you know, it, it feels like it's kind of like week to week, like, this mm-hmm. week i'm like man i am i'm diving in i'm gonna find new ways to try to connect with god and then other diet. there's the like next week i'll be like i'm a, i'm there's just no way. Yeah. i'm just not even <laughs> we're shutting down the podcast i'm gonna call david tell him to pull my book off all the shelves i just I'm done. <laughs> it's like it feels like week to week sometimes yeah but i get it and i just i actually just um And it's for a lot of reasons, but I lived in the same community that I was a pastor Mm -hmm. and worship leader and Mm -hmm. prison chaplain for. I lived in that community for the better part of 29 years, raised both my kids there and just literally two months ago moved. And uh, I can tell you that, man, if it for people who like you and I have been in like professional ministry work, I mean, it's valiant to stay but it's freeing to move. And yep. when you move, you get this, like, I'm so sick of being in grocery stores and people asking me where oh, I'm going no. to church yeah. or getting me to pray for them. And so it's so nice now to, and that's, I'm only like two, three months in. It's so nice to mm-hmm. like be at a space where nobody, I mean, yeah. people I right know now know me as an executive director at a nonprofit senior center, <laughs> which is just like the <laughs> best. Like, yeah, let's yeah. do that for a while. And, um, so if there's people mm. that have the opportunity, if you've been in professional ministry, man, if you have an opportunity just to get out of Dodge and like yep. be like, be just be yourself without other people's perception of you, man, do it. Unless unless you really feel like you shouldn't, but do it.
1: And I would even question the should. Cause I, for me, I think there was this whole thing and maybe it's from evangelicalism. Like you got to push through, you got to do the hard thing. And life. like, <laughs> you don't your body's probably telling you you need to take care of yourself you need to get out we you know
0: you know whatever what all of us go through we go through that phase of like oh no i gotta stay to prove to everybody that they're wrong i gotta stay to prove (laughs) to everybody that gay people should go to church where you go and that you should marry people there and that hell's not real like i gotta stay so that i can teach you everything that now i know i know (laughs) which is so evangelical energy still you know oh my god it is it's like i have the right answer now oh you just called me out
1: (laughs) (laughs) but i feel the same way i was the exact same position and i think there's two things one i had that evangel like it was the evangelical form just new content but the form was still there and really i should have been deconstructing the form and now it's like oh i actually don't have to have the right it's so freeing but the other thing was I think that inside of myself, I had not resolved certain things. Hmm. So winning the argument with someone allowed me to feel a little bit more safe inside where it's just like, yeah, I had, I had the right answers, you know? And now it's like, <laughs> no, I'm not crazy. And I'm not going to hell. Like everyone thinks I am, you know, I'm not like this pagan or whatever, whatever word they want to use to like demonize me or whatever, which is funny. Cause like I've pagan friends in my life and I love them. <laughs> like there's pagan, like, I'm going to create a,
0: sometimes pagan friends are the best ones.
1: I have this friend in Atlanta right now. She's just like, just so you know, you're here in Atlanta because of me. I'm like, what do you mean? She just goes, I manifest that shit with a spell. And I'm like, oh, thanks, Tori. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Glad
0: for you. Yeah. So That's it's just so like,
1: and I can, now I'm in a space where it's like, I can accept that and I can accept other things. And um, it's not as scary anymore when I think that a big thing for evangelicalism is like, <sighs> what devil is behind that door? Behind everything. It's like, you know, the... Rock music, the T-shirt, the movie—it's. I'm so over the, and it's so. It's still so big now of like the fear mongering of like, you know, the devils in this, and there's a demon behind that, and mm-hmm. the enemy's trying to trick you and betray over here. When now I can open, be open, and be like, well, does this serve me and does this help me? Then great. It also allows me to love people better because I don't think that they're like being used right. by a demon. Yeah. You know.
0: So. Yeah, that's. Uh, I. I'd have great. So. M- it's this is you know perfect i so grew up i grew up catholic then was really engaged with the evangelical church leadership all that kind of stuff raised a couple of kids neither of them know what they think about spirituality but we have like great spiritual conversations and with my youngest who's like this is just beautiful the most beautiful human being you'll ever meet like we have these spiritual conversations and they end with like who who cares what name mm-hmm. you want to put on it, how you mm-hmm. want to express it. If it leads you toward love, towards loving mm-hmm. yourself and loving mm-hmm. people better, let's call that good and, and be okay. Yep. And just leave it right there and and try to pursue that. I want to bring up a, a, and this may be the only time you're asked this in a podcast, but there was a piece because of my own story yeah. that I wanted you. I wanted three more chapters on it and you just, you left me wanting Brandon. <laughs> You have this, so in my, so the, I'll, I'll just sum this up real quick. When I was going through really hard times, when I got, so I started a missional community to basically create a church for people mm. who didn't call themselves Christians and a lot of homeless people and working poor in my community. I fast forward from the moment I started that about eight years, I got kicked out of that by the people that I invited to be a part of it. And then from that point, because that was my livelihood as well, I had to like, just pick up the pieces as quickly as I could get a job, keep moving, you know, find a counselor and just deal with it, you know? (laughs) And that's kind of been my story is like, pick up the pieces, keep going, provide for the family, keep a roof over everybody's head, you know, pay for my kid's school. What it's just like, keep going, keep going, keep going. And then I land on this chapter in your book when you shared just a, not nearly enough, (laughs) (laughs) about this time. And the name of the chapter is numbers. And I can't remember the number, but it's a place Mm. that through this supernatural experience of you met somebody at a coffee shop or something crazy like that, you go to this place and you live there and you get this chance to just be and breathe. And in my mind, it feels like you recuperate a little bit. And I think Mm. I was drawn to it so much because I feel like in my entire life, as um, much hardship and stress and frustration I've gone through in the spiritual s- space and church space and all that, like, I've never taken that time for myself uh, or mm-hmm. I've never been afforded it or whatever. Yeah. Um, and when I read, when you got that moment, just, just share with the listeners just a little mm-hmm. bit about that time, because yeah. it, it felt like a, felt like water or something. It felt like a breath there mm-hmm. and, and you, you kind of hit on it and then you move on. Yeah. (laughs) This is is strictly uh, selfish. I just want to hear just a little bit more about it.
1: Absolutely. Well, first off, I want to say like, I think that anyone that is coming out of full-time ministry, we've got a a big obstacle to overcome because it's like your resume doesn't really count for too much. And depending on your education, that doesn't count for too much either, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's, I have a lot of friends now who they weren't the head pastor. They were like, The worship pastor um, or the youth pastor, and they're starting over. Whether that be because of they didn't fit the look anymore, or they recognize I couldn't stand by and align myself with a ministry or an organization that is against the things that I am for, like uh, LGBTQ issues and Black Lives Matter and women and all these different things, where it's just like, okay, I'm done. I have to. So they they bit the bullet and decided to leave. And it's for all the ones that have done that it's, it's a whirlwind. Um, you know, like for me, what what I don't show there is like, came back from being a missionary. It's like, I just started working at Starbucks (laughs) and then I was working at a physical therapist technician. And then like my, my resume is all over the place because at the age of 25, I had to start over. Um, and so yes, what happened was, is, um, I did a, there's a couple of these in the book where there's a deal with, with God. Um, and I am like, I will stick around in color Springs, but I need X, Y, and Z. And one of those things was a, a, a house to stay in. And I was just thinking like, I need to get out of my parents' place. I'm still like broke and I need a better job. And I just came back from being a missionary and I'm disillusioned and I'm angry. The list goes on and on. And I'm in a coffee shop. I'm angry, which I think is like, again, that stage is so important. Cause I was a little, little shit. Like I would pick fights all the time. And so like this, this uh, barista had a cross tattoo and I felt feisty and chose violence. And so I was just like, nice cross tattoo, like you a Christian or something like intentionally wanting to tease. And then I get sideswiped by um, him mentioning like, he's a part of this community house and he would identify as more spiritual than Christian. And I'm like, blah, 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 says everyone. Um, and so then, but I, I, again, my curiosity gets the better of me and I'm like, what the heck is a community house? What, what are you talking about? Um, so the numbers are the address it's 1211, Um, and like it was, it was a very special time for me. Um, and I describe it kind of like a greenhouse because I was thrown all over the place. I felt like I didn't have a home. Um, and I was just looking for a house. Um, but a lot of doors kept getting shut, like really sensible options that just kept falling through for a couple of months. And then I tease someone. Um, and next thing I know, I'm walking to this house and this gentleman is outside. I start talking to him. And yeah, there, there was this couple, Aaron and Ella, um, that they were living in an apartment. And again, this is one of those things where it's just like, I, I don't... I, I, I believe in the divine because of like things like this, where they were, they really felt that they were supposed to start renting a house that they could not afford to do community with people intentionally. Um, and it was in this part of town where there's all these like Victorian homes, like big ones. Um, one of the most beautiful homes I've ever lived in. They couldn't afford it, but they're just like, I think we're supposed to do this. I think we're supposed to have like six other people. Let's just try and let's just see what happens. And I mean, I'm literally walking off the streets into their house just out of making fun of a guy at a coffee shop. And um, that time was very special. And I, I mentioned this in the book. Uh, I try to talk about it like a poem because I felt like I could never incorporate and correctly explain all that it offered and healed, but like a poem it kind of leads you wanting more. Like you said, it leaves you room for interpretation. It kind of beats around the bush and yet somehow that makes you feel more satisfied or in your case not. (laughs) But, um, but for me it was, yeah, I, um, I just shared a room with these people. There's nothing like magical about it other than how I guess ended up there. Um, it was, everyday normal things, but like, you know, we'd share meals together. We'd care about what was happening in each other's life. Me being a nosy person, I would, you know, knock on bedroom doors and come sit on beds because I have boundary issues and like just talking with these people that I'm doing life with. Um, And it healed a lot, like talking to Aaron about my questions, um, talking to Dallas about like, you know, it would be freezing cold in this house because these windows were too thin. And like we would curl up underneath uh, like our blankets together to keep warm. And I'm like in this weird tension of like, I'm a closeted gay and I don't know what to feel about this, but ah, and like talking about that with, with him and feeling cared for where he didn't run away. Cause typically when I would share anything gay with another guy, especially specifically a straight man, they would pull away and yet he wasn't pulling away. He was coming close. Um, My friend Abby, who is asking all these questions to my friend Janelle, who's like, just working with me at this crazy, we ended up at a halfway house. That was another job that I took on. And we would just sit and like drink wine and like talk about how terrible our day was. It's all these like everyday moments. But there was an intentionality and there was an authenticity that created a very healing environment for me to just exist um, working at, you know, I still worked a full-time job, but it wasn't like, you know, paying amazing, but because I could share this house with people, it allowed my life to be very simple. Um, and I would say like for you, Matt, like it's true. Like, I think there was a luxury. I didn't have kids I have to take care of. It's like, I need to figure out how the heck I'm paying my mortgage and I need to figure out how I'm taking care of my kids and you figure out how to put food on the table. It was just me. And so it allowed me to, be still and slow down. And it's interesting because now in Atlanta, while different, there is a level of sameness to that of like, I think that there is a beauty to just like slowing down and enjoying everyday life and being intentional with the people that you're sitting across the table from. And it did do this weird thing in me where I'm like, I would be okay with living in a big house with a bunch of people again, as weird as that is. Cause it was just so beautiful for me. So I, when I go on dates and stuff, I'm like, how would you feel about living on a commune?
0: <laughs> Does that work for you? <laughs> does <laughs> that work for you, Brandon? So, yeah. So anyway, that that's kind of awesome. It in a- Thank you for nutshell. that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think I think there. I think you're on to something. I think the. Yeah, I think the space of simplicity is is where it's at. Absolutely, and uh, and I think that matters a lot. And I think maybe that's you know being that somebody that's been in the evangelical world like the two of us, and and living in America, like there's this narrative that we've learned. That you just go, 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 go. And, and the expectation to somehow have any sort of encounter with God or the divine, or even with humanity is a little bit ridiculous if you're going to run at that pace. And, uh, and again, that's why I appreciate your story. And that's why I appreciate you drawing attention to people's stories. Cause I, I like you agree that Jesus seems like, it seems like his whole purpose was just to tell stories, not to tell people what was right or wrong. And, um, it's just a, a beautiful thing through and through. So, uh, the, and, and I think you stumbled across something else too, that, that there are a lot of former professional church and ministry workers who are struggling right now. Um, because they, you know, for people who are pat, like good speakers or, good musicians or whatever, like, man, the church sure was a nice gig because you got a paycheck every two weeks. Yep. for yep. doing something that most other places in the world, you can't figure out. But, yeah. you know, I'm hopeful that as people like you and I and others just go through this process that, you know, people also figure out, you don't have to, you don't have to just give up. Like you can still live in your passion. You can still, mm-hmm. um, you can still do things that matter. You know, I think one of the biggest I don't, for some reason I learned from an early age that like, I just wasn't going to give up doing even professionally mm-hmm. what I love doing. I, so I grew up mm-hmm. as a musician and I just never mm-hmm. bought into the lie that you couldn't do that for a career. And I did it for a career for a lot of years or a speaker, you know? And, yep. And so when I got kicked out of my church, like I never, I didn't buy into the lie, like, Oh yeah, I got to go work at the local hardware store. <laughs> you know, it's just like, no, <laughs> actually I just have uh, so my friend, um, there's i got a friend his name is carl he's out in colorado as well and he was a mega church mm-hmm. pastor rethought everything and once i remember talking to him he's like you know i just feel like a speaker without a venue i was mm-hmm. like that's that's valid but i never want to feel that way <laughs> <laughs> shortly after that conversation i got it was when i you know my whole life kind of got turned upside mm-hmm. down but i just never accepted that mm-hmm. there's not a venue out there whether it's that you write a book like what you've done or whether you get into the nonprofit world or I speak mm-hmm. for another nonprofit or I, you know, I, have always done music. Like there's ways to do it. You just mm-hmm. got to be creative in the, you mm-hmm. know, but you don't, you don't have to give up on your dreams just because you give up on church. You know, those don't, those aren't one and the same at, at all.
1: And it is. And I, I do. Yeah. It, it's just interesting. Cause I think while we critique the church, and I think it's super important. I actually don't, I, I wonder if, People getting paid to do that is maybe part of the problem because it I think makes so sticky. Um, but I think about like my friend uh Andrew, who uh has been a worship leader for I want to say like a decade. Um, and he's transitioning out of that. Like, where at what place do you get like a concert every single week and you're rehearsing every single week and you're getting a paycheck? to rehearse and to perform right. every single week for, so from a purely like practical thing, I've looked at these things from just like, there's some beauty. Like, like there's a lot of, uh, like when I think about, um, even some musical competition shows, like how many of them were in the church? Right. So because many. they're like, they're singing every single week. And so like, even just from a practical thing of like that, it's just like, I, there's a lot of places that you get to do that. It is a, it is a really, it is a, a nice I guess you could say maybe luxury. I don't know, but, um,
0: but every uh, artist that I know, so my wife was a worship leader for a lot. She's the true, like talent of the family. Um, what I know is like a true artist, even though you're getting a paycheck every two weeks, there's part of you that hates yourself because you're like prostituting yourself on the altar. Oh, 100%. Like what yeah. <laughs> everybody was saying, you know? So you could like, we can justify it all day long. Like that was the greatest gig ever because I got paid every two weeks and blah, blah, blah. But like all the true artists that are listening to this are like, no, actually it's like a different form of hell that we call church <laughs> and uh, it's, it's fine. But, but that goes back to like my... My whole goal in life right now is to live simply, and because I know if mm-hmm. I live simply, there's a financial element to that. If I, yep. and if I don't require a lot of money to live on, even as a guy in his mid forties with two teenage kids, well, one's yep. twenty now, but you know, I, it it just lowers the expectation of what I even yep. financially have to bring in. So then I can do a lot of things that I just simply want to do, and yeah. that bring me yeah. life. And I think. Those are two, like those two conversations have to have happened simultaneously. Like, how do I live simply so I can do what I want? And what is it that yeah. I want?
1: Well, and it makes you think of the guy who started that house, Aaron, he, we had the, he shared the story and it was like about a fisherman and this like fisherman would go down every day and he'd fish for just like a couple of hours enough for him and his family and would come back home and then would do it, uh, you know, uh, and then they would be fine for maybe a day or two. And then you'd go back out and he'd fish and then this guy sees oh you're a really good fisherman like if you build a boat you get more fish and he's like oh and if you get more fishermen you can like get a lot more fish and then eventually you can get paid where they start working for you and then eventually you can just not work and then you can do this whole retirement thing
0: you start a and multi-level then, marketing company out for your fishing
1: and, and there's this promise that like oh you'll eventually you know retirement eventually you'll get to like get your time back and um it's, it, it was an interesting critique where it's just like, well, what are ways where I could just live more simply? And like, maybe I will be working till the day that I die, but it's like, I'm getting to live life now where, you know, versus like traveling to wherever, like in an RV at the age of 70, you know, and I've got like right. five to 10 years or whatever, but creating that space, I think to breathe is, um, I, th- I think it is. It causes, I think that's why we love vacations. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> that one time where we can snag a breath and it's like, ah, oh, is what life could look like. And then we're like forced back into the, the day to day. So, um, yeah, I, I got, think fighting for that tension is important.
0: Yeah. I've got this new friend who like sold her business and like bought a, you know, typical story, like sold business, sold house, bought a bus, made it into something awesome, travels all the time. And she, I was talking to her, uh, about a month ago and she's like, you, you wouldn't believe how many people reach out to me and say, I wish I could do that. And she mm-hmm. just says, well, you can, you yeah. just choose not to. And yep. oh, that's fine. You don't have to do what I'm doing, but yeah. how do you, you know, choose simplicity? All right. So mm-hmm. here's, here's the, you know, a lot of ways, the point of like what I do, the point of this podcast, the point of a lot of my writing as I think, similar to to what you're trying to do, how, how do you see your book as a way for people to connect with their own story? And then what's the mm-hmm. value to that? Great question.
1: Um, Yeah, I I say this at the beginning in the preface of what my goal is. And like, this is why I chose the term, the word stumbling. And that is my hope would be that my stumbling mess traveling through the woods of life would somehow help people to orient themselves and find their own path forward. And so I like describe like these little moments that I share of like, this might be where I like crashed down this little bluff. And so I climbed back up the hill and I tied a little red ribbon being like, probably if you you probably shouldn't come this way. Like I'm pretty banged up or it's like, um, you know, I find a glade. And so I I backpedal and I write a draw a little arrows, like with the glade, like you can get some rest over here. And so I don't, I'm not trying to tell you where to go. I'm saying this is where I have gone. And if you need a place of rest, if you need a place to be understood, um, if you need to know like where there's like that refreshment that you can get for your soul and maybe some hope, then um, that's what I would, that's what I hope people encounter when they're reading the book um, is feeling understood and getting pieces of hope that they can carry with them. Whether that just be one chapter or two um, I intentionally write it in such a way where it's just like, you know, I got like a nugget in this story and if it helps you great, if it doesn't great, um, because my story is not your story. I'm just kind of to lay my story bare, um, in hopes that it can offer some level of healing to you.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful thing about storytelling is not that, not that, hmm it's not that you have to feel like you are a part of the story. It's like, I can, I get to let Brandon's story be his story, but Mm -hmm. as I read it every so often, or in in your, in this case, me reading your book, like there's a lot of spaces Mm -hmm. where my story would intersect with yours. And so then Mm -hmm. I could just put the book down for a moment and just say, Mm -hmm. just reflect on that a little bit. So I might, I might not be a gay man, but I'm a, a, uh, you know, cisgender man with gay kids, you know, and so mm. there is like, so I get to, to, mm. to hear your story and reflect on them in my own context. Mm. And, uh, and there's so many of those moments throughout the en- entire book, like the things that you would go to as a, as an unhealthy kind of fix to deal with your hurt may not be the same things that I'm mm. going through, but I have my own unhealthy things that I lean into when, when I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's not like holding hands through the whole book, but it's that I can read that and say, okay, that makes sense because this is how my story intersects. Mm -hmm. And I think of reading stories about Jesus, like in the same way, like, I don't, I don't I can't relate to Jesus in too many ways, Mm. but his story sometimes will intersect with mine in Mm. weird and beautiful and magical ways. And, and so I think that's the beauty of storytelling. And I think Mm. the great thing about your story, Brandon, is it's messy. And that's the great thing about my story. Mm. And that's the great thing about everybody's story in the whole world. And I hope what books like yours and books like mine will do for people is just say, your story doesn't have to be, Facebook mm-hmm. and Instagram and TikTok, perfect. Like, your mm-hmm. story can actually just be your story, and that that will will be enough. Like, can't we just be enough? Mm-hmm. Can our story be enough? And then, mm-hmm. if we just live life where stories intersect, I think it's a really beautiful space. So, thank you so much mm-hmm. for for the what I know such such hard work, and uh, <laughs> and and so thank you for for being brave enough. Good God, mm-hmm. thank you for being brave enough for putting this out here. And, um, I know firsthand how how suffocating uh, life as a church person can be. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you've been able to get to that point to enough freedom that you're willing to write this book speaks a lot about the human being that you are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I'm just, I'm just thankful, man. I'm so thankful that our paths intersected and I hope they intersect again. And I'm going to recommend your book to everybody. I can.
1: (laughs) Thanks so much, Matt. I appreciate it. And i truly grateful for all the work that you're doing and, um, this conversation. It's, it's been good.
0: Yeah. So if you want the book, it's, it's out at this point when this podcast is out, the book is out, uh, you can go to Brandon Flannery with one end and one r and one (laughs) y.com or you can go to lake drive books and find it there i'm sure you can go to amazon i'm sure you can go to Mm -hmm. anywhere you find your books and find this one uh check it out read it for yourself see if i'm crazy or if i'm right and if i'm (laughs) right tell all your friends about it so that we get Brandon on the map a little bit, not because he cares about notoriety, but because his story matters. So Brandon, best of luck to you. If I'm in Atlanta, I'm looking you up. You're taking me out. Yes. Great. And, Got some good uh, spots. Yeah. I bet you do. I bet you do. So thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Well, special thanks to Brandon Flannery for joining the show. Grab that book as soon as you can. Keep track of him. Keep uh, keep tabs on what he's doing for certain. You can find him all over social media as well. Hey, if you uh, enjoyed the show, just feel free to find me on social media at Matt Kinzara, both on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, let's continue to bring it home.